Ben Miller on the show today. Ben is the co-founder of Worth Hats based out of Vancouver, as well as a leadership development consultant and beyond. And this side hustle came from a place of heartbreak, of grief, of losing friends because of mental illness and and an inability to have conversations. And as it is May and we wrap up Mental Health Awareness Month, it felt only appropriate to connect with Ben, who is providing counseling and therapy services to people who can't afford to access it themselves. So with every hat purchased, you gain access to therapy, to a counselor, and there are no geographical bounds. And this really just touches my heart because if we can create a space where we can be having conversations about going to the dentist, and what a privilege that is, and going to a therapist, and hopefully removing barriers to get there. May we honor our mental health. So enjoy this with Ben Miller. Hi, Ben. Welcome to Uncorked. Hey, Steph. Thanks so much. Excited to be here. I am really pumped to have this conversation because while May is Mental Health Awareness Month, it does feel like a conversation we should be in all year. And this month feels special. And when I thought about what this month meant and being local to Vancouver, you know, you've created something really special and it's creating buzz and waves. And so I'm grateful to be able to riff with you. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks so much. It's kind of like, where do we begin, Ben? (laughs) I think my favorite place to begin is always from the beginning. And that might be how Worth Hats came to be. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to just sharing a little backstory. And so Worth Hats came to be in 2014, essentially, but it was just meant to be a one-off. So in 2014, I was in Copenhagen, going to Copenhagen Business School. And my friend Jacob Worth was in the early stage of creating a hat company. And we talked a lot about his hack company, but what I didn't know at the time was Jacob was struggling. And I went back to Vancouver that summer and that summer Jacob took his life. And, you know, it was an incredibly hard time for me. And I was so confused about so many things, but the one thing I wasn't confused about was helping him create his hack company and to have that cross off his bucket list. And so when I went back to Copenhagen, I made 25 worth hats for his closest 25. And each hat came with a tag around Jacob's dream and that we're never as alone as we sometimes think we are. And that's where worth hats was supposed to end. And it was really, it was just a one-off and I had my worth hat. And it wasn't until 2017 where I experienced another really tragic event of of a very close friend taking his life. And it was a message I received about a month after that. And the message read, Hey Ben, if you, if you have any more of those worth hats, I'd love to have one. And if you don't and ever decide to make them again, I'll be first on the list to get one as it's a great reminder. And it was that message that stayed with me for many months after through the mourning period, through the hardship of losing someone. And, and just with finally me realizing that it's just such a much bigger issue than my two friends who passed and there's so much work to be done in the space 
And with that, I put Worth Hats back into the world again in 2018. And my goal was really to try and get as many Worth Hats onto people's heads as possible. Oh, gosh. I mean, I'd like to say that's heavy. And yet what really, I guess, needs to be said is that's the truth. And talk about taking moments that hit us, that, that hit us right in the heart to stop and say, what are we doing? Am I allowed to ask what were you doing with your life before you decided to devote it to hats? Yeah, so it's still what I'm, I do today. So I, I work in the leadership development space and run different workshops. So I have a background in improv theater and I kind of combine those worlds with improv and business. And so I was working in that space before Worth started to take up pretty much all my time. And, and I still do work in that space as well. Got it. Okay. And for people that don't know, and though there'll be links below, because I think the story on your website goes into even greater detail of the journey that got us here, but there is a one-for-one -one model. So for every hat that is purchased, what are you providing? For every hat purchased, we pay for one counseling session. So on our website, if you're someone who is in need of counseling yet can't afford, you can go to our website and apply to be funded to receive counseling. And that's where our one-for-one -one hats go towards. Got it, which is amazing. And am I allowed to ask how many counseling sessions have occurred to date? Yeah, I think it's 40. We haven't quite hit 5,000 yet, but yeah. it's so it's somewhere between 4,500 and 5,000 counseling sessions sponsored. And have these been geographically anywhere or is there a geographical parameter? There is no geographical parameter, but I'd say probably about 70% from Canada, 20% from the US and 10% abroad. And, and probably within the 70% Canada, 40% is within BC. Oh, amazing. Okay. Yeah. So you're a hometown hero. <laughs> I, you know, yeah I don't know about that but trying trying what to do my part you are doing your part and I will tell you that I had James Kelly on our podcast for Trans Visibility Day and I know that James is an incredible counselor therapist in town especially for trans youth and for people transitioning regardless of their age and when I noticed that the collaboration between the two of you I just thought it's more than just counseling because mental health, you know, knows no gender, knows no parameters. So it's really cool to see such a broad access point, I think. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, James is amazing. I loved our conversation and he does amazing work. Absolutely. So I think, I, I mean, we need to pause and digest grief because not everyone has lost someone in their life at our young age and not many people lose two great friends in a short period of time. So it feels remiss of me to not ask, how have you dealt with your grief of two truly tragic yeah. events? Yeah, it's, <laughs> I get the comment and I, I know I have, I've experienced maybe, I guess it depends what a lot is, but you know, I've even had other grief in my life and most recently having my dad pass last year. And it's, how I've dealt with it, you know, it's a tough question. It's trying my best to move towards it. I really don't try and run from it because there is no running from it ultimately. And I'm really grateful that I have a strong support 
group of friends around me that I, I feel like I can be really open with, but it, it's, you know, it's on, it's ongoing. There's always pain there. And there's always, you can always tap into that sadness. You know, you'll, you'll ask, like, I'll tell the worst story and I'll, I'll get emotional. There's times where I, I, you know, I don't even it'll just sound like interesting. Like I'll just find it interesting as I'm sharing it and getting it and, and getting emotional about it. And I don't know when it'll come and and there's still sadness and pain in there. Like I miss my friends. I like, mm-hmm. you know, it's <laughs> yeah. Like I can, it's, it's amazing. And it's just that it's, it stays with you. But I think too, in that it's like, that's okay. You know, I go towards it and I've worked with counselors myself, but it's, it's okay that there's, you know, there'll always be sadness there when we lose a loved one. Mm-hmm. <sighs> You're amazing. I'm so grateful that you have committed this part of your life to elevating a conversation. And in some respects, Ben, I commend you for taking the load for so many others because of your wheelbarrow. Perhaps other people won't have the same stories that you have and gosh it's so important to be having these conversations I say I said to you before we hit record that there are two conversations that feel important and one is about recognizing our own mental health and the health of our of our own heads and souls and the other is supporting the people we love because that takes a different kind of effort as well and, you know, whether it's depression or, I mean, the, the varying challenges, degrees, struggles that people we love go through and knowing how to be there for them and what we can do. So I'm wondering if we can dive in and where do we start? Do we start with ourselves or do we start with, I think we start with ourselves. It feels like the oxygen mask. How do we take yeah. care of ourselves? How do we know when it's time to reach out for help? How do we not wait yeah they're very combined and it's like even when we talk about how can we help others how can we help ourselves like i think first and foremost we always need to be our own champions we always have to be the ones that are leading the way in our own mental health like if we're relying on others to come to our aid it's just it's just hard when we need help we need to ask for help. And of course, it's always so, so, so great when our friends and the people around us check in and ask, and it gives us oxygen. It gives us life when they do that. But I've seen it so many times, you know, and it's even goes to Philip, like my friend, I knew he was struggling. It never my wildest dreams that I imagined he would take his life, but I knew he was struggling. And there was about a three week period. He was, it seemed like from the outside, he was getting better. There was about a three-week period where we went without talking. I thought he was better. He got a job, all these things from the outside. But Philip, he wasn't getting better. So I think from the outside, it can just be so challenging. And I talk about a worth a fair bit of being proactive and needing to be proactive towards our mental health and that we never know when we're going to fall down in life. None of us. And we will fall down. We always fall down at some point in our lives. It'll be pretty rare to ever meet someone who hasn't fallen down at least once. And the goal is to be able to get back up and not to fall down too far. And that's where we, when I talk about being proactive, it's like you already have a counselor set up and you've already, this is something that you've already incorporated into your life because when you are struggling, you, it's almost impossible it's it's incredibly challenging to find a counselor at that time when you're at your lowest and so to have that already set up will be so rewarding and helpful for you and I say too like 
counselor's help is incredibly beneficial from when you're at your worst, your best, and everywhere in between. Like there's no bad time to see a counselor. And and I could go on and talk and talk about that, but I'll stop there. (laughs) Well, I think that's really, that's super sage. It's the time to get a counselor's today, have a therapist always. The time isn't to wait until it's I mean, it's like booking, I shouldn't use this analogy. When you want a hair appointment, it's too late because you always have to wait so long to get a hair appointment. And I don't use that lightly because your hair may grow and you can have some bad hair days. Yet the cost of having to go too long before, you know, your therapist is available, that can be detrimental and that's not okay. So having someone available and creating those practices now feels super important. And now more than ever, because I've heard that so many just aren't taking new patients or new clients right now. And the load, whether it's been COVID or people are more aware, it seems like it can be quite challenging. Yeah, it it is. It's unfortunate in a lot of ways because a lot of counselors you go, there are some pretty long wait lists out there right now. And and there are platforms that you can go to that can really help with that as Mm. far as like giving you the options when we look at some of the bigger online options like Inkblot Therapy or BetterHelp or Talkspace, like there are counselors out there who have availability and who can help. But when we start calling just one-offs, it can be a little bit harder. But, you know, and that's where it comes to, you know, if we can't see a counselor right away or there is a waiting period there where we need to find that safe space or who are those people, who is our community, who's our who's our close three that we can bring it up with um, mm-hmm. and talk about it. And so that isn't, an issue. And I think too, the counseling space is going to be a busier and busier space as far as the need for more people to get into it, as far as like getting that kind of education and using it to support people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Three close people. I like that. That's super, it feels doable, you know, like I can have three relationships that I can maintain and be really honest with. Yeah. I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have my close three. And it's interesting. I find like there's so it's four of us total. And I find like there's times where one person's all right. And the other three are just kind of like just yeah. struggling. And, the, yeah. and then two, and it's like, oh, okay. I'm, uh, and, and, and we too, we kind of find at times like, which I think is so important in the world. We, we find the humor in it all, you know, we find like, we'll, we'll be, that's where our, we'll be vulnerable and be like, guys, I am, I am, <laughs> I, I could use like, we just, we just, it's tough to say, but we just find it like, you know, it's, it can be serious and we talk about it, but it's also like, we'll just laugh at each other as well of like, how are we, how are all four of us struggling right now? Like, and we're like, okay, let's, let's look at some positive things right now. It's like, one of us needs to be able to hold, be able to help hold the others up. So, yeah. um, but it's, it's been, it's been tremendous three close friends that I, um, I'm incredibly grateful for. Yeah. This is super special because I think it transitions into how, how do we create or cultivate relationships that are those three special people for some, you know, it might be one person or it might be a small handful, but it's, how are we checking in on the people we love and how are we really checking in on them? And I think that it's easier said than done. People are like, oh yeah, yeah. They like, you know, used to always show up for soccer or they showed up for this or that, but it's like, you know, when the hustle and bustle we ask people how they are. I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Okay. Carry on. You're like, but how are you really? And so beyond, you know, your close three, what are your thoughts on getting to the heart of the matter with people we really care about? 
Yeah, it is tough because that space needs to be created. I think it's, you know, in a lot of those moments, it's, it is kind of a one-on-one more moment, you know, it's, it can't be those group moments and it can't be a fleeting moment. And it can depend sometimes in the work context between for the family context. And, and, you know, I actually, I had it this morning. So I was having a conversation where a meeting and and person I find in, because I've in the world I'm in a fair amount of people can open up to me. We hear be vulnerable first, create that space first. And that's what I, and I always try and if I can sense something with someone like, Oh, they're, they're just having trouble kind of getting past the point of getting it out there. They're just, there's something that's not quite right or they're struggling a little bit or I'll go ahead and I'll start sharing, you know, and I did this morning, like right now I, I haven't had a, last week hasn't been that great for me. Like I've, I'm just in a phase right now where I'm really, I don't know. I have certain areas of my life that are, feel great and others that I, that just don't feel great. I'm confused by it. So and I, I was just sharing this this morning with this individual. And, and as I finished sharing, you know, he, you could feel it just opened the space up for all of a sudden he just came back and started sharing, going a step deeper into what was going on with him. And it was an amazing conversation. It was just so great. And I, we're all human. We all, you know, we all struggle. We all like it. We feel the full spectrum of emotions and Try, even if we fumble and stumble to it, just trying to get that out. But it can always, anytime you go first, it can create the space for someone else to, to go. Mm-hmm. Gosh, go first. Go first. That's a good one, Ben. Go first. <laughs> because first is scary and first is vulnerable. And I remember one point in time, I wanted to be allergic to the phrase, I don't know, because I wanted to be committed to what I did know. And yet you know, as an entrepreneur that years have passed and I'm starting to realize there are just some things that I don't know. And there are 50 shades of gray to a lot of life and that's okay. And part of it is accepting the things that we don't know. And in, I don't know is usually pain and struggle and a lack of clarity. And that can be tough, tough to navigate, tough to go to bed with and wake up with in the morning. You know, those things don't, don't go away with sleep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah as much as we'd like to think they do you know yeah it's true I I've got to over the over COVID I found over this last you know it's been obviously a, a year of so much uncertainty in that I just try and work with like at times like I'm very aware of it and I'm for myself I'm aware not to let it get down too low but I, I'm I'm okay with at this moment of not being okay like yeah. I you know I'm just like I'm not that I'm not okay but that's <laughs> that's okay. Like it's, but I'm aware of it. Like I, that's in there that you got to be, there's again, if I start to fall, that's different. You know, if it starts to be an emergency, that's different, but it's like just being aware that like not getting upset at myself that I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, I appreciate your candor and I appreciate, you know, you vocalizing this. And also, like I mentioned, I mean, the fact that you've dedicated your life to this conversation and to allowing others to have access and a safe space to have these conversations is huge. I want to honor that, you know, with lightness comes dark and with dark comes hopefully light and there must be something, or I hope there's something in this that keeps you going. And I'm wondering where you find inspiration and, and endurance these days, Ben. Yeah. Like I am so grateful that I get to do this, <laughs> this work in this area. Like I, I honestly, like it's, 
and then when you combine it in the entrepreneurial space and you know you're facing challenges and problems it's not that it's not hard but i started i started worth that if i could help at least one person then it would all be worthwhile mm. and i know i can honestly say that has happened now and what's better than helping two people than three mm. people than four mm-hmm. people and so I see the impact that it has on a day-to-day level. And I'm so grateful that mm-hmm. I get to work in the space and that's what keeps me going. And how to find new ways and build on having mental health be a conversation that continues to be in the forefront and mm-hmm. continues to be an everyday thing. And I talk about in the worst story, like, you know, it was weird in the 60s or 70s seeing someone go for a run. And you'd be like, why is that? What's that person doing? And, mm-hmm. you know, that's completely normal now. And my, that's my goal around for mental health, like going to see a counselor. Like it's yeah. to speak openly about it. That's just the normal way of being in this world. And that's what keeps me going. Yeah, absolutely. I want to know what you're obsessed about, obsessed with or about these days. Let's say beyond work, beyond this mission that is your life's work. What am I obsessed with? I have a lot of passions like around sports, around improv theater, but I'm obsessed with, you know what? I, I got a piece of property up near Anaheim Lake for an incredible deal. And Anaheim, it's on the Dean River, which is a place my dad and I uh, used to fish when I was younger. And I've never felt quiet like I have when I've been up there. Mm. And so I'm going up there hopefully as soon as it's safe. Mm. And my brain is consumed with getting back on that river Mm. and feeling that quiet again. Mm. Yeah. Quiet brains. Can you give us context? Where is this in relation to Vancouver? Anaheim Lake is on the way to Bella Coola. So it's about a 10 hour drive. You go up to Williams Lake and then it's in the Chilcote. And so you you go west from Williams Lake and then Anaheim just lakes a small little town. And then after Anaheim lakes Bella Coola. So it's about an hour from the coast. Anaheim wow. That yeah. is pretty darn gorgeous. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a cool. pretty, it's one of the, actually, if you, anyone ever wants to do an incredible road trip and actually maybe even try and book it now because the ferries can get busy to go from here or you can go both ways. You can go to Vancouver Island catch the ferry from Port Hardy to Bella Coola and then drive up past Anaheim Lake and all the way back down to Vancouver. Or you can do it from Vancouver, go to Anaheim Lake, go to Bella Coola, catch the ferry down to the island. It's an incredible loop that everyone should do. Wow. That sounds gorgeous. It sounds gorgeous. For people that don't know or that aren't listening from Vancouver, I mean, you're really hitting just some incredible, incredible territory. It's it's unlike anything else. It's truly a Canadian experience, I think. It's not like Vancouver at all. So, gosh, time flies. And I feel like I could riff with you for a long time. I look forward to continuing the conversation. I hope that the Corker Co. can partner with Worth in some interesting ways. Because for as long as I've believed that sweaty leaders lead healthy businesses, what I know to be true is that healthy leaders lead healthy businesses and that's not just about sweating so I'm excited for what the future holds and I hope this is the first of many conversations but every podcast here on Uncorked wraps with one final question and that is what is making your heart beat faster faster than the Dean River my friend (laughs) (laughs) what is making my heart beat faster 
it is honestly having conversations like this. It is mm-hmm. uh, having conversations like I had this morning where I decided to go first really in vulnerability training and what I came, what came back was just a great connection and a relationship built from there. And so this is what makes my heart beat faster is having the space and creating the space for deep and meaningful conversations. Mm. Well, I couldn't agree more. You know, I have so many opinions of social media and yet when social media allows us to connect with people on a level that is a quick yes. And then a, how about we record now? I, just couldn't be happier. So I know that yes is the most expensive word in our vocabulary. I think you know that too. And I hope you will use it wisely. Yet I am so, so grateful that I was the recipient of a Ben Miller yes. And there's more to come. So thank you for making this month of May really special. And I'm again so grateful for your work, Ben. Thank you. Amazing. Thanks so much, Steph. And thanks so much for having me on. Really, really appreciate it.